Hello and welcome to Fundamentals, the podcast that explores pop culture one conversation at a time. I am your host, Harley. And joining me for this episode is Canadian musician Lynn Hansen. Lynn was kind enough to come onto the podcast to share her love for the NFL, or as it's known to those of us outside of the States, American football. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking at this point. A Canadian musician to talk about American football. Okay, bear with me. I reached out to Lynn after hearing some of her incredible music and asked if she wanted to come on the podcast and share her love of anything in particular. And as is the way with this podcast, guests can go in any direction that they like, and she chose this sport. And I was just as curious as you guys no doubt are. And Lynn does not disappoint. She brings a truly unique and balanced insight into what is an incredible sport with an amazing following. I have to say, as someone who is from the UK and doesn't really know anything about the sport or the sort of culture around it, I really enjoy chatting with Lynn and learning so much. And I'm sure that you guys will do too. So on that note, let's just get right to it. This is American Football with Lynn Hansen. Hello, Lynn, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Ah, pleasure's all mine. And you're here today with a topic that I'm really excited to talk about because we've had a few sporty topics recently, and this fits right in, especially as one that I know nothing about, and that's NFL. So I'd love to know, basically, what was your introduction to the NFL? Oh, I mean, I've loved American football since I think, I, I don't remember a time when I didn't love it. And, uh, I'm the youngest of eight children and I have four brothers. So as you can imagine, like when I was growing up and I have a twin brother, so I had an opportunity to play a lot of sports and uh, my father was a huge sports fan. And so it was always on in our house. And Mm. I I really do think it's, it's a case of like being exposed to it and, and playing, you know, playing sports as well. I just love the competition uh, element of it. And so I, I got into it really young and it's, so it's one of those, it's one of those kind of weird hobbies that I have because my musician friends think I'm very weird, especially being, you know, a woman who loves NFL football. They're like, mm-hmm. why, why do you love this? <laughs> and I, I think it's just a great release in terms of, enter- it's entertaining and you can, I can always do something else while I'm, have a game on so I can practice right. guitar, I can do my email. And so it's one of these things that can sometimes keep me company, you know, because I'm self-employed. So, mm-hmm. you know, on a Sunday, I will be working on a Sunday, but I can, mm-hmm. I can have a game on and it kind of like makes me feel like I'm not working because I'm, I'm working, but it's on in the background. But because, right. I've, because I've always loved it, it's almost like I don't even have to watch it. I just know what's going on. And then I, I hear the change in tone from the announcer and then I look up just in time to see something happening. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I kind of, I've never thought of looking at sport like that before, actually. But yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's sort of like a comfort in a way. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things too, where you, you don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm wasting my time because I'm usually Mm. doing something else while I have a game on. So, you know, if you have to practice, especially if you have to practice scales or you have to practice Mm. something that's very repetitive, you know, you you might put a movie on or you might put a, a show on anyways. So, yep. you know, if there's a, is if there's a football game on, at least there's like this entertainment factor that, Hey, maybe something unexpected will happen. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of, of live sport, I suppose, isn't it? Like you say, the thrill of competition and, and what have you. Exactly. But that's really cool. I, I'd love you to try to break it down a little bit for me, because again, I, my understanding of this is very, very limited. So sort of talking about the NFL, because I know it's the big American league, right? It's the National Football League, right? Yeah, it's their big, it's their big daddy. I think that NFL, I think their American football, it also generates the most revenue of anything. I I don't know wow. if it outdoes uh, soccer, like football. I don't know if it outdoes mm. that. But uh, I mean, in terms of people watching, I think more people watch soccer than watch football. Um, it's very confusing when I use the word football. I know that's why I always say American football. <laughs> but uh I think just in terms of revenue generated, NFL is the granddaddy in terms of just making so much money in terms of television rights, mm. uh, merchandise rights, like all of that. And being Canadian, having uh, America just to the south of us, mm-hmm. you're, we're sort of inundated with American culture. And so like, right. the, I think the Super Bowl, is as, as, which is their big championship game, it's as big in Canada probably as it is in the States. Like we have, wow. su- we have Super Bowl parties. Really? Oh yeah. And in fact, once I was on tour in Europe and I was in Berlin mm-hmm. and we had the night off. So we had gone out to dinner. So afterwards we're walking by this uh, restaurant and it was a New Orleans based restaurant, like a, a themed restaurant. So it was an American who had opened it and it happened to be that the Super Bowl was on that night. And so they were showing it. And so nice. we watched the Super Bowl with like 150 other like expat people from yeah. all over that were, you know, n- they were not European, they're American or Canadian. And we watched this, this Super Bowl till like five in the morning in Germany. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. insane. It was crazy. It was crazy. I love that. I love that. Cause yeah, that, that's something I am aware of the Super Bowl. So that's, that's kind of like the final match. Is that right? Yeah, it's the big, it's sort of like the the winner takes all. They get to be crowned yeah. world champion. That's what I love about Americans. It's <laughs> world champion, even though it's only Americans who play and like American football. Right, yeah. But I mean, in fairness to them, I guess no one else is going to come for the titles. <laughs> 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 I think particularly over here as, as as an Englishman, we kind of look at it and go, Oh, that's cute. You know, we've got rugby. <laughs> well, I, and I think too that the rugby people say that American football is like the wimpy version yeah, of rugby. I, I, don't, because... I don't think that's fair. In fairness, I think they're both incredibly violent contact sports. Well, you know? I th- I think so too. It just amuses me that the rugby people yeah. are like, we don't even use equipment. We just yeah. hit each other as hard as we can, and people's ears get torn off. And I'm like, dude, yeah. I don't know that that's like selling me on the sport. <laughs> No, and I think there are differences from what I understand in terms of how people contact. So like rugby, for example, you're not meant to hit someone full, you know, front on. You kind of have to come at them from the side or back or so. Whereas yeah. in obviously American football, from what I understand, you've got all that padding. So you can just run head first into another human being. No problem. As, as hard as you can at yeah. speed. Yeah, I think rugby is more about like, it's almost like a cross between American football and wrestling. Hmm. That's yeah, how I yeah. would des- I would describe it to an alien as that. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think it's fair. Yeah, you've got you've got to be a little bit more careful about how you hit somebody, but still, no. I think both are absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, so to get I guess to get to the Super Bowl, then what has to happen in order for two teams to reach that point? I understand, isn't there like a drafting system or something like that for teams? Well, to to well, there is a drafting system. So. Okay. 
so what happens is a lot of these players, uh, they play college football. So they, they come up through the ranks. So they play high school, right. they get, they go to college, usually on a scholarship and then they get, they get drafted. So they have a draft once a year and mm -hmm. the new players get put on all these teams based on, if you were terrible, you get to draft first. If you were like really good, you get to draft last. So, okay. But there's also like, there's such a complicated system of how a team gets players. Like there's, there's things where there's free agency. So if my contract is up, I can go sign with whatever team I want. And, sure. uh, and, and then they, so they draft them out of college. Uh, so then that's how you get your team. But mm -hmm. then in order to get to the Super Bowl, they have a, they have uh, a season. So these are like, these are regular season games. So you have a record, so there's 17 games now, um, and whoever wins their division, they go into the playoffs, and then there's wild cards, which is like teams that didn't win their division, but they're, they're, they have a good enough record to get to the playoffs, so then they play a playoff thing, and there's mm -hmm. a whole bunch of games that are played in the playoffs, and at the end, it's kind of like a last man standing. You've got these two teams at the end right. you know, who, who have made their way through this playoff system, and those two teams square off in the Super Bowl, and then whoever wins that game gets to be the champion for the year. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can see that making sense. So is it pretty much, I suppose, do you have to play at a certain level in order to get to the beat or be in that sort of first run before you get to the playoffs, if that makes any sense? Imagine there's lots of smaller leagues, and then you sort of build up and build up. Oh, it's... Or it's all just one league. Oh, it's all just one league. Okay. Yeah. And all so right. it's in the NFL, the National Football League is one league. Yeah. So it would be like in, 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 your, in your football, it would be like mm -hmm. sort of Premier League. And I guess you, you yeah. have a, you know, at yeah. the end, whereas, you know, at the end though, there's playoffs. So it's like you play the whole season. Yeah. And then who, based on your record, it determines whether or not you get into the playoffs. And then if you get into the play, but when you get into the playoffs, it's like yeah. that game, mm -hmm. like you win it or you go home. So yeah. then your, your record doesn't matter. So if you barely got into the playoffs, but you win, you keep going until you lose. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense in a very strange way to me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, because it's kind of like you've, you reach an end point. I mean, you mentioned leagues over here with, with football. It gets a little bit more complicated here because we have various other leagues. And then that's where it gets confusing because you're like, oh, wait, but that team doesn't go to this league. No, they don't qualify. Right, okay. So and then you, there's you, the relegation thing it, too. Yeah, like. there's relegation. It's yeah. I mean, I come from a hometown. My hometown's Bristol, and that has two teams and the Rovers and City. And famously, those guys go back and forth in terms of what tier they're at. And you know, I mean, if you're a football fan, it's great because that means there's an infinite amount of leagues and other stuff that you can watch. But it can be a bit of a headache if you're trying to get into it for the first time. Whereas I feel like something like this, it's like no, no, they're all playing for the same thing. They're all trying to get to the same, they're all trying to get to the same peak, basically. Exactly. But I mean, if you're a big, if you, if you really like American football, mm -hmm. uh, you don't have, you can, you can watch the college games and that's, right, yeah. that's, and that's where you have like on So interestingly enough, the Americans, they have college football happens on Saturday mm -hmm. and then NFL happens on Sunday. Right. So you can watch college games on Saturday and then. You watch NFL games on Sunday, but some of these college teams, like mm -hmm. because these kids are going to go to the NFL and play in the NFL, like the level of play is, is ridiculous. Mm. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't watch college just cause I don't have, I don't have that kind of time, but, uh, sure. 
you know, if you were like a real junkie and you didn't, you didn't mm-hmm. think that that was enough to just watch NFL, you could also watch college football. Yeah, I, I could see that being an appeal. Yeah, because you can kind of get a feel for who's up and coming and what's on the horizon, I suppose, for the sport. Exactly. And you see these players like, you know, they'll, they'll come in and they're, they're 18 and 19 years old and they're, they're mm. playing. And then two years later, they're in the NFL. So if you do follow, follow college uh, football, Mm-hmm. You 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 basically follow the the career you know the mm-hmm. career of these players yeah know, from from the moment that they're almost professional right yeah of course yeah I I could see that I could see the appeal in that um, I'm wondering then Lynn who's your uh, what's well what's your favorite team well I have two favorite teams and right. uh, I, my favorite team is the Indianapolis Colts okay. And and I like the Indianapolis Colts, but it's it's kind of like it's because I liked one player, but he doesn't play for them anymore. Okay, which is which is why I have two teams because I also really like the Buffalo Bills because Buffalo is probably the closest city to me because I live in Ottawa, Canada. Okay, so Buffalo is the closest city to me to be able to go and physically see a, a live game, which I have done on a couple of occasions. Right. So sort of by default, there's a lot of people that live in my province, which is Ontario, who yeah. who also like Buffalo because of how close we are to the city. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Cool. All right. And you don't feel it's all conflicted then if those two ever come together? <laughs> well, if they come together, I do have to pick a favorite. But I mean, I have <laughs> okay. to kind of decide who I'm going to like the most. But at the same time... Uh, the good thing about that when they play each other is that I don't really feel bad if one of them loses. Ah, that's a good Because I, I kind of yeah. like both teams. It's kind of like hedging your bat. And I, I yeah. feel like it's kind of like in order to not be disappointed too, like by having two teams, mm-hmm. then when your team is terrible, right. then it's not so awful because, well, I can still cheer for that other team. Yeah, you've got a backup. <laughs> yeah, they're basically my backup. They're like my, my fallback <laughs> position. Right. Uh, I love that. But yeah, it makes sense as well. Like you said, picking a team within proximity, because at least you, exactly. get to, you get to see stuff. I mean, we get that over here a little bit in the UK. It's something I've never understood when I meet people who are like, I support Liverpool, Manchester. I'm like, okay, have you ever gone to a game? And they're like, no, it's like a four hour drive. And, and over here in England, we're very fussy about things like that. <laughs> Long drives. <laughs> so people don't bother. But whereas I think it makes sense to kind of gravitate more towards something that you're going to see on a regular basis i i would have thought so what's that like then going to a live football game what's the atmosphere like oh american football games are insane they have this thing called (laughs) they have this thing called tailgating so people so as you can imagine like these stadiums have huge parking lots yeah so these people will go to the parking lot hours ahead of time like hours ahead of time and they will like set up barbecues and oh. they'll set up all this this stuff for these tailgate parties. And and like there'll be music, there'll be drinking, there'll be partying, there'll be people like, you know, throwing footballs around just for fun. Like it's quite insane. And we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of people that come early to the game just to do this tailgating thing. Wow. So that's before the game even starts. You <laughs> that's know, and incredible. then it really is. And then like Americans are big into like face painting and stuff. So like when you mm-hmm. go to a game, like you'll be like, I mean, I'll, you know, I would just go to a game. 
And I'd be in this, you know, in this section with people that have like painted their faces and, and they could be wearing these crazy hats and these crazy mm. costumes and stuff. Like it's pretty hardcore. Like these, mm. y- if you ran into these people on the subway or something, you'd be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not staying in this car. Like <laughs> I'm going to a different car because that person is like clearly unbalanced, but they, <laughs> They just like those are so into like whatever team it is that they're going for. Yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, there's like tens of thousands of people at these games, and mm. so, and it's such an event. I mean, they have like live music at the and the halftime, and there's just so much noise going on, and the crowds go crazy, and they're screaming and yelling. So it, it's mm. it's it's quite the production when you go to a game. Like I thought, you know, I was so used to watching a game on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought like, am I going to really miss the announcer? You know, right. like, cause if you don't have that person talking, then you're yeah. just watching it. Am, am I going to feel like this is boring? And oddly enough, it's a very different experience live, mm. but it's still incredibly entertaining. And, and I, I guess maybe because I'm a, a musician or, and especially as a songwriter, I find humans to be something fascinating. Like yeah. I just, I just find people to be fascinating. And when you stick mm. that many of them in this in this environment and it's kind of like a gladiator feel you know because these mm. guys are hitting each other as hard as they can and yeah. it's it's kind of like survival of the fittest so you do sort of feel like you're in this big mob who's like cheering for like you know people to get maimed i mean nobody wants any <laughs> nobody actually wants anybody to get hurt but right sometimes it feels like they do yeah, you feel like they're a little bit excited when you hear a crunch, yeah. Yeah, just a, like just a little bit too much, you know? And and then if the guy doesn't get up, then everybody's like, ooh, no, we didn't really want him to get hurt. We didn't really mean it. <laughs> yeah. Can we take that back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love to hear that, though. And I love the idea of an event like that being a bit of a pie. I think that's cool. I mean, the closest I experience to that is a festival, if I go to a music festival, because there's like, a day or two of camping and everyone's just basically doing that. They're having a barbecue, having a few beers, and just waiting for the main event. But I've never seen that outside of a, a sports stadium uh, in the UK, or at least maybe I've just missed it. I don't know, but you know. Well, I don't even, I don't think I've ever seen tailgating outside of America. And, yeah, and no. I mean, and I mean, it's, it really is something like, like people go to great lengths Mm. to have really elaborate setups for these tailgates. I mean, some of the barbecue setups are like, you're going to get better barbecue there than you would in Austin or something, you know, like you're just like, this is, you know, people will have prepped this stuff for days. I mean, I, I think it's impressive. I would never go to that kind of trouble, but I do find, again, I find it fascinating to see. Uh, It's, it's fascinating to see what people will do because there's only 17 games. Right, yeah, yeah. And so when you think about it, you know, half of those games aren't in your home. You're not in your home stadium. So you only have like seven or eight games or whatever it is. Like I'm terrible at math. Whatever half of 17 is. Uh, (laughs) You know, you have like this number of games that is played in your home stadium. So it's very few events. And so people, because I think it's because there's not very many events that people just go crazy and and try to have this huge, you know, huge experience because mm. it's so fleeting. That makes so much sense, actually. Yeah, like I 
hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Yeah, with, with so many games, I suppose, yeah, there's only a few, maybe a handful that will come through your town. So yeah, yeah make, make the most of it. Make a day of it, as they say. Because how long oh, does the game typically last? The games typically last about three hours, give or right. take, you know, depending okay. on whether there's been delays and stuff. But it's about a three hour experience. So if you start a game at one o'clock, you know, you'll be done mm. by four or four thirty. So so you can imagine if it's a one o'clock start, people are showing up at like nine or ten in the morning. Yeah. yeah and they're and, and they're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I can imagine that comes back into the the game later on. <laughs> oh, it's you know, you know what's funny though is that uh, you know the the t- number of times that I've been to an actual live game, mm. I found the maybe it was because it was in Buffalo. I'm, I mean, Buffalo is it's a very people are there's they're almost Canadian. You know, they're so nice, right. and and so I never kind of felt like it was crazy or rowdy. But maybe if you were at like a game in like New York City or Detroit mm. or something, maybe it would feel a little more like sketchy. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know, actually, yeah, if anyone's listening to this and they've been to games in those places, let us know. I'd love to know <laughs> what the differences are, for sure. Um, that's really cool. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that. And as you say, the, the, the atmosphere, I'd imagine there's that sense of community as well, right, for, for this when you find other people that, even if they don't necessarily port the same team, just the fact that you can enjoy this sport together is something I imagine that's quite, yeah, just well, quite you, lovely. You don't want to be you don't want to be cheering for the other team though. Like, <laughs> like everybody's, right, you yeah, know, like sure. everybody's in their in their colors, you know, like their sure. gang colors. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and I actually was funny because one of the times that I did go to a game in Buffalo, I was sitting in a section. So it, it was the at that point it, they were called the Los Angeles Raiders. And they had these fans had somehow managed to buy up the entire section. Wow. So it was, you can imagine like their colors, like their team mm. colors are silver and black mm. and they're famous. Their fans are famous for like, you know, the garb that they wear, like Viking paraphernalia and stuff. Like it's, they're quite scary looking. Right. So here I was like, I was like right in the front row and I was there with my husband and we were the only two people that were dressed in like a, a Buffalo Bills t-shirt. Like I yeah. had a Buffalo t-shirt on. Now my husband is six foot seven and he's 250 pounds. So he's a big man. Right. Okay. So here we were sitting at the front of this surrounded by the enemy, right? Like, <laughs> like the enemy fans. And at one point, like something, you know, like the Buffalo team did something good. And so we stood up and clapped and like, of course, all our section is booing. And, uh-huh. and then, you know, I stood up and then, you know, somebody booed or something. And then my husband stood up and everybody's like, Hey, have a great game. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the game. It was so funny because, I love here, you know, here we were in enemy, quote unquote, enemy, enemy territory, but it turned out that as long as you have a really big bodyguard, you can cheer yeah. for the, you can cheer for the team that all the people around you are not cheering for. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find that's useful. Someone who's six foot three and nowhere near as big as your husband, but still, like, does, <laughs> does usually put people off. But <laughs> that's great. That's really great. <laughs> so, have you ever, um, has, has your team ever won the Super Bowl links? Uh, well, the Buffalo Bills famously mm. have not. And okay. they actually, and I was a Buffalo Bills fan when they, uh, 
like when the, I was a Buffalo Bills fan for like 13 years while they were just completely useless. That's that's why I ended up getting another team because I, okay. I I just couldn't take the futility of it anymore. I guess I'm a fair <laughs> I'm a fair weather fan, but the Buffalo Bills have they were actually in the Super Bowl four years in a row, like four years in a row for the championship, and they lost every single time. Every single time. <laughs> every single time. Oh. Every single time. You should Google why if you Google wide right. There'll be a field goal miss on the last play of the game that Buffalo lost the, the Super Bowl on. And I guarantee if you just Google wide right, that kick will probably come up. Um, but then the other team that I like, the Indianapolis Colts, they have won a Super Bowl. And and again, I'm a bit of a fair weather fan because mm. like I, I knew they were a good team. And so I was kind of cheering for them when they were a good team. Yeah. Oh, but again, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I think it's it's sort of down to your... I guess your makeup, right? Your sort of psychological makeup. I think I know people that support teams sort of no matter what. And funny enough, I had a conversation um, with a chap all about Japanese baseball and he was asking about his favorite team, the, the Hanshin Tigers. And he was saying that like they're kind of famous for having victory snatched away from them at the last <laughs> minute. But like there was something about it, about rooting for the underdog that he really enjoyed and just sort of sticking with it and then that one day when they do finally win it's like that that much sweeter because you've like i've waited all of these years and they finally win a match and so you never know i reckon your team could have its time that and i imagine that would be quite the celebration when that happens well there's a the the buffalo bills Mm. they have a very good chance this year they have a very very good team and so there's there's a lot of talk that maybe they'll get into the super bowl this year so it would be kind of fun if they actually managed to finally win because they're they're poor fans. I mean, again, I'm I'm sort of like I'm I'm kind of watching from, you know, from the sideline because I, right. I, I don't actually care that much. I mean, I, I really do enjoy <laughs> I enjoy watching football and stuff. But yeah. I mean, I don't care that much. And if I if I'm doing something else, it's like I wouldn't change my plans so that I could watch a game. You know, sure. I just don't care that much. But I, I just it's more like a. It's a it's a convenience thing. Like if I can watch a game or if I can have a game on, then I will. Mm. But I won't I won't go out of my way or anything. But uh, I do think that cities, you know, like a, a city, especially if a city is going through a difficult time, uh, mm. when a city brings a championship home, you know, there is that sense of community and that sense of being pulled together. Like a, mm. a population can you know rally behind a team and. I think it just appeals to something really basic in us as humans, right. you know, where we kind of, we can kind of, we can all move towards the same end goal. And I think sports teams do that for people, even if you're not really a fan of the sport, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard not to get caught up, you know, even like, I don't know, you think about like, you know, when England is in the world cup or something, and then suddenly everybody's a football fan because it's yep. like, oh my gosh, like maybe we're going to win this year. Uh, oh probably- yeah. Probably not, but you know, there's always hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you going to get a lot of hate mail? Because I just not took a poke. at all, not at all. No, that it's yeah, our, our country is kind of famous for that. Although, having said that, actually, this year I think the women's football team did everyone proud and won, and that was awesome. That was really genuinely cool to see. And to your point, it was amazing to see everybody get behind that. And even myself, someone who's not really a football fan, I kind of caught some of it online just as it was happening. And it was really thrilling to watch. Um, yeah, so you're absolutely right. There is something about that. And 
a, a memory I actually have of, of a football match. I think it was Bristol or... No, anyway, sorry, I was watching a football match and basically in a, in a pub and I could not care less about football. <laughs> and like, again, no disrespect to the sport. I'm just, it's something I'm not at all interested in. But there was something magical when I think, I can't remember who it was, but the team that was basically won and everyone in the room was wearing their colours. And when that happened, the room erupted and I had strangers hugging me and all sorts of stuff. And I just thought, what is going on? But but it was, you could you got caught up in it basically. Oh, so yeah, it's, I, can, it's I can imagine that on a, on a city-wide level yeah. for something like this, like you say, a sport where everyone's competing and it's it's so huge yeah i can imagine that atmosphere must be just awesome to be in i mean i i have been uh i've been in crowds before where you know uh it was during the world cup and i think it was holland that was playing right um and we have a big because uh, canada has some so there's there's so many people that aren't originally from here and so mm. we have, you know, we have big, huge pockets of different uh, ethnicity and different nationalities and stuff that, you know, we're not, we're not from here. Mm. Uh, so Holland was in the World Cup and we went downtown and everybody was wearing orange, you know, and I, right. biked, and I biked down just because I thought it would be, because I've toured a bunch of times in Holland. So I, I kind of had been kept up to date with their progress from people that are fans who are like, oh, are you watching the World Cup? And I'm like, yeah, mm. sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I biked down there and there were like 10,000 people and they mm. had set up these big, huge portable TV screen thingies. And I'm watching this game that I, you know, barely understand. Uh, with this huge group of people who do understand the game and the intri intricacies of it. And, you know, like when somebody makes a, a nice pass or whatever, you know, they know what this means. And I'm like, this is fun. This is fun. Mm. I don't care at all about this. But, I, you know, I wore the right color shirt. And, <laughs> and so I was accepted as part of the, you know, the fan base. Yeah. And it, I have to admit, it was a kind of a blast. So when you're doing something like NFL and, and you're in these cities and there's like, you know, that size of a crowd times 10. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, the energy that kind of ripples through this crowd, it, the only thing I could see it be comparable to would be like a huge rock show or a huge festival show. Like yeah. one where there's like so many people. And you feel that energy where the whole group kind of moves as one and cheers as one. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone who goes to a lot of events like that musically, that's, uh, yeah, I can agree. It's that yeah. kind of atmosphere Yeah, uh, for sure. I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's, I think it's cool. And the fact that it's only 17 games as well, it's kind of makes you think, how many teams, sorry, did you say? I think there's 32. 32, right. So 32, yeah, yeah 32 teams, 17 games you know it's pretty good odds i think for the most part right it must make mean there's uh, can't speak today it must make for quite interesting uh viewing every year because you probably get different teams coming through and sort of working their way up through the playoffs so you're never quite sure what's going to happen yeah and i mean what's what's really cool too is you know like there was a i think there was an actual movie called any given sunday Right. I think, okay. I think like Robert De Niro or somebody was like a big name was was in this, and it's this idea too that because you have so few games, every game matters. Yeah. But on on any given day, something can go wrong or somebody can have a bad 
a bad day or a bad game. And that could be the difference. So even a, a bad team can still beat a really, really good team just because yeah. of bad luck or it's raining or it's hot or whatever the, whatever the thing is, if somebody pulled a hamstring or something and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of that though, I'm curious, do you know much about the, uh, the sort of athletics behind it then? Because I imagine they're, they're all playing different fields, different positions. That must mean that all these guys have to train differently, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that you've got your, you know, you've got your like the guys that are on the offensive or defensive line. So those are the guys that kind of like are in the trenches. So those guys mm. are huge. They have to be yeah. super, super strong, but they're massive. Mm. And then you have guys that are in skill positions you know, that have to be super fast. So they they have like no body fat and they mm. can jump really high and they can run really fast and they can catch things like crazy, like with the tips of their fingers and stuff. Whole mm. different set of sk skill set. And then you have your quarterback who's the guy throwing the ball to everybody. Mm. And again, he's usually, you know, also has to have leadership skills because the quarterback is the guy that is kind of the leader of the team. At least right. as far as the offense is concerned, because you have offense and defense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite, it's actually quite complicated. And, you know, it, it's funny because it, I think the, it's very similar to, you know, football that, like soccer football, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, if you don't understand the sport, you think like, well, there's just like 11 guys on the field at any given time. And other than, right. the, other than the goalie, like, Really, everybody does the same thing. And you don't realize, actually, no, everybody has a set role to play. And, and the way that the ball moves up and down the field is actually very orchestrated. And it's, it's got, there's a sense of rhythm and there's also an intent to it. And it's the same thing with uh, American football, is that all these different people have very different roles to play. And, you know, it, once you start to understand what all the different players are actually supposed to do in all their different positions, Mm -hmm. And you start to understand like the different plays even that they're running and how they might be using, you know, different formations and all this stuff. It gets very complicated. Mm. And if you understand it, it's almost becomes a game of chess. You know, it's right. like it's a barbaric form of chess, but it's like <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like a very physical form of chess. And I, I find yeah. that, you know, again, if you spend enough time watching it and following it, um, uh, you start to pick up on some of these subtleties. And I think that's why people find it so entertaining is that, you know, it's, again, I think it's very similar to myself as a musician. Like I understand guitar and I understand songwriting at a different mm. level than the average listener. And mm. so when, when somebody makes a particularly, you know, unique move or, or does something very particular on a guitar or, mm. or with a lyric and I pick up on it, it's like, I'm like, I'm smiling because like, oh, that's nice. Mm. And, and the audience maybe didn't pick up on it, you know, yeah. because they don't, they don't understand music theory that the level that, uh, that I do just because it's what I do all day, every day. Um, mm. So, you, you know, the average listener can certainly under, they can understand and enjoy music probably better than I can because I can't get distanced from it. But there's, <laughs> but there's these elements, you know, that, that I can relate to because I understand it at a deeper level. And I think it's the same with sports. You know, the more you get into it, the more you actually understand that it's, it's well, uh, like when they talk about soccer as being the beautiful game, right? It's, mm. you, you get, you get this sense of like, oh, this isn't just a bunch of people chasing this big round ball. It's like, 
there's an actual purpose going on here. And it's quite elegant. And it's the same thing, I think, with with American football. There's an actual elegance to the brutality. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I could see that. Yeah. Because you've, like you say, you've got to think about various tactics. And I mean, I've, I've seen a bunch of movies based on that and the idea of coaches playing their role and trying to figure out where to put certain players and, yeah. and how to move. And I think that that comes in most sports i want to say like there's always an element of tactic to it and skill and like you have to think of how to outsmart your opponent rather than just brute force it um and i like your point there as well the analogy about music i, I can completely understand because yeah i catch myself doing that at times at gigs so i'll be like just focusing on, oh what's he doing there it's like that just switch off and just enjoy the event you're meant to be here for but i i don't think actually there's anything wrong with that to be honest with you it's it you can enjoy whatever you like at any level you know whether it is as you say casual viewing on a sunday or you're there at the game in your favorite colors screaming or you sat there just analyzing all the players or if you don't understand any of it and you just like the game you like the atmosphere you like what's going on that's fine i'm a big believer in that and it's something i've come across a lot on this this show if i don't think there's any wrong way to enjoy something necessarily um yeah i, I just think something like this sport it sounds like it it lends itself to that very much. If you have a more analytical, tactical mind, great, you'll find stuff here. If you just like sport in general, you like people just running around on a field and that, that's just the level you want to enjoy it, go for it. You'll have a great time either way. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and I think that's probably the case. Like you say, it's, it's probably the case with most things that we do that are leisure and yeah. just, just because they've become a profession, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point as a kid, you know, you ran around chasing ball a ball with your friends. Like the sure. same thing, you know, same thing with music, right? At some point you, you know, you you sang on your own. You were a kid and you did all these things. And just because it becomes a profession at some point mm. doesn't mean that it's not something that, you know, at a really fundamental basic level, as humans, this is something that gives us pleasure and it gives us joy. And I and I think that's mm. something that we sometimes forget about popular culture when we when we yeah. decide to, to, to poo-poo it, you know, we're like, mm. oh, this is so like silly. This is just so, mm. but there's a reason that we find these things entertaining and there's a reason that we, we find joy in them. Mm. It's because at some basic level, it's just part of being human. Yeah. So what do you think it is then about this particular sport that pe- people en masse tend to tap into? Well, I think there's like that sense, that sense of belonging, you know, in terms yeah. of having a team. I think that's a big, I think that's a big part of it. I think that's a big part of why people follow like the NFL and, and right. get into it that much. But I think also there's this, there's also a, it is amazing to see what these guys are capable of doing physically. I mean, I think that's why people like sports in general, like to watch sports is because you really are seeing people that are capable of doing something that, you know, you can do if you close your eyes and you imagine it. You know, I can imagine reaching my hand out to take, you know, to take the ball out of the air and making this crazy jump. But can I actually do it? No. Right. It's like watching a movie, right? I mean, you just, yeah. your, your, your sense of imagination gets engaged. It's, again, it goes back to music, right? You close your eyes, you listen to a lyric. You close your eyes and you hear a particular guitar riff. Maybe I can't do it on a guitar, but boy, isn't it fun to imagine that you could. That's why mm. that's why we have air guitar. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I 
I think all of these things, you know, they sort of have this common, I think there's this common element and it's why we find enjoyment in these things. Right. That's interesting. I hadn't considered it like that, but no, that, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. And I, de- I definitely agree with you as well. I think that sense of community is, is big for all of us, right? We're all looking for somewhere to belong. And oh, yeah. I think there's something about cheering someone on. There's something about that when you see thousands of people just getting behind somebody. And I can imagine that thrill of being there. And, you know, again, I don't know if positions, but whoever it is is going to score a touchdown, grabs the ball, and he's going for it. And you think he's going to make it. And you can imagine everyone just getting behind it that, yeah, I could see that being really exciting. Just that, like, thousands of people getting behind this one individual and, like, push, you know, absolutely pushing them on. Oh, yeah. And um, again, imagine like a thousand people stand up at the same time. Now multiply yeah. that by a hundred. hundred thousand people stand up and cheer at the same time because this person just did this thing. Mm. It's, there's, there is an energy to that that you just, you, you, you will never get that kind of a feeling, I don't think, unless mm. you were physically there and you experienced it in person. And it, mm. there, I, you know, it's this, it's this collective you know, it's it's kind of right. cool. Yeah. Yeah, again, yeah. Again, again, it's very similar to being at a concert, right? When I, yeah. Imagine when everybody starts singing the lyrics together. You get goosebumps. Oh, the big time. Um, goosebumps. I was fortunate enough to be at the recent uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute. And yeah, that was just next level in terms of literally a stadium full of people all getting behind those guys. And there was a lot of, obviously, a very big emotional component to it as well, but yeah, there was a moment. People look it up. I know we're sort of tangenting off a little bit here, but there is a moment where Dave Grohl's struggling yeah. to sing, sing the words to times like these. And me and my wife were there right at the front, like all of us just cheering him on and singing it with him. And like, you can do it. And yeah, yeah you're right. There's, there is that thing. And, and again, I, you're right. You see it in sport all the time of people getting behind the individual, getting behind the team and willing them on to, to do whatever it is they need to do to, to finish. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, in terms of like how how things run then with the NFL. So, I mean, do you, do you think it's quite a fair system how everything runs? Because I know something that people complain about sometimes is sometimes they feel that teams have an unfair advantage, or you know, there's there's lots of other sports I've talked about before in the past where it can feel very one sided towards certain individuals, certain teams. But do you find that happens a lot in this sport? Well, it's interesting that the NFL has tried to, you know, they've they've tried to make things fair okay. by having uh, something called a salary cap. So a team can only spend so much money in any given year. So you can't, you can't, it's not like in, you know, Man City just spend $100 million on the best yeah. striker and they'll, they're better than everybody else. You can yeah. do that in the NFL, but then you have no more money left to pay anybody else. So you know uh, it, it's it, it doesn't it's not a long-term strategy it doesn't work for very long and then okay. they have this drafting system so if you're the worst team in the world in in the league well then the next year you get to take the best college player and that can make mm. a, that can make a huge difference now that, that being said though that uh, you know there there are teams that are just they're just terrible for a long long time <laughs> so and that's just bad management right so it's like I always yeah. joke, if you're the team that finished last, mm. then why would you be get why would you get better next year? Because clearly you are not good at doing the things that are necessary to win games. 
I think that if a team is in the middle of the pack, then they could potentially, you know, be really good the next year. But if you suck this year, you're going to suck next year unless <laughs> something miraculous happens because, you know, you basically are terrible. So there's, how are you going to fix that in a year? It's going to take longer than one year. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of issues to address there, I suppose. Yeah. But I, I think the system, at least on paper, it has been built that, Theoretically, a team that's terrible this year within five years shouldn't be terrible anymore. Yeah. But again, you know, go talk to the Jets fans and stuff and they'll tell you like, <laughs> you know, we're terrible and we're going to be terrible for a long time because, you know, our team is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All the best of them, I guess, in that regard. I love it. I'm gonna get, we're going to get hate mail from New York now. This is terrible. You'd be the first. Um, yeah, I've, it's, I've never had any... Hey, any hate mail or anything like that for this show, but I'll let you know if anything comes off. You'll have to tell me. <laughs> I will. Um, but yeah, I, I guess uh, something else actually I'm wondering is in terms of the, the longevity of these guys' careers, right? Because I'm just thinking from a practical point that you say they're joining in their early 20s. They are entering an incredibly vigorous contact sport. Can't imagine that has a particularly long lifespan for their careers. I can see them retiring in their 30s. Oh, if they're lucky, they retire in their thirties. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think the average uh, career is four years for an NFL player. And that that four years is taking into consideration that there are players that do play for like 15 or 20 years, depending Mm. on the position. Uh, So that is going to skew the average, but yeah, I think the, the average lifespan of, you know, any player's knees and everything else Mm. very, very short. And so that's why, you know, a lot of these guys, they want to, they want to make the most amount of money that they can when they enter the league, because it's one play and your career is over. You know, it's just, it's one bad, somebody doesn't even have to hit you. You just have to, Mm. you have to twist the wrong way and you have no more knee left. Mm. Yeah. I can imagine in that way though, that's quite tough. It would be, I mean, I, I can't imagine it. I would think it would be devastating because you've literally trained your entire life to be able to play at this incredibly high level. Mm. And then like one play, it's completely over. Not because you did anything wrong. It's just bad luck. Yeah. I, I guess that's something that actually comes with the territory, I suppose, of, of any high level sport, right? Or any high level athletic competition is you're going to have a prime and that prime window, if you will, is going to be couple of years at best much. and then it's kind yeah. of what you do after that is entirely up to you it's down to how well you invest your money i suppose or what you yeah. try to pivot off into try to use your fame and you know i've again i'm vaguely aware like i've seen stuff before now where i've caught clips of panel shows or you know, morning shows or things like that or radio programs and they're hosted by people that you know are former nfl players and i was thinking oh that's quite smart actually to kind of try and pivot your career, or some of them go into acting or other other pursuits. Well, and you just hope too that some of them are just well-rounded humans, right? I mean, oh, you goodness. know, you, yeah. you you could do this for, you know, say you played in the NFL for three years, which mm. which would be typical. Um, hopefully, like when you went to college and you were on a scholarship, you actually went to class. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And, you know, hopefully, like hopefully you're just... A well-rounded individual, because again, you know, as a mm. musician, you 
Unless you're trying to be a superstar pop star and you decide that if you're not going to ever be a pop star, that your musician life is over. I mean, 99.9% of musicians are musicians for life because it's not based on whether or not I'm going to be super famous. It's because this is a calling and this is what I'm meant to do. Mm. Well, imagine if it was like, if I broke a guitar string Mm. and then that was it, my career was over. That would be a little like... I would be like constantly anxious. And that's what it's like for these guys though. It's like, if I so much as they could be training, they could just be like working out in the gym. Mm. If they twist their knee the wrong way and they blow out their ACL, their career is done. And they're not even playing the sport. Mm. Like that's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, I, that, I would imagine that they, they must have an incredible amount of anxiety at all times that this could be over like at any moment. And I mean, they could really get hurt too. Like there's, it's not like players don't get hurt. I mean, they have serious injuries that, that maim them for life. It's, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to get hit by a guy who's like, you know, trying to hit me as hard as he possibly can. And then I hope that I get up after that. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, like you say, if these guys are running in, particularly the, I'm thinking of the guys at the front, like you say, they're absolutely huge the ones i have seen they're monsters <laughs> like oh yeah one of those guys running at you full pelt yeah like that that's gonna leave a mark <laughs> or what if like they imagine if they fell on your ankle like oh, i yeah, just yeah, yeah. like i just think of my cat falling on my ankle and i'm thinking that would hurt yeah <laughs> that's right yeah it's true yeah like minor things that we i guess we don't have to worry about but yeah that's a good point yeah it's probably quite a lot of anxiety i mean I mean, in some ways, maybe that's a bit of a relief when they do get to retire and they've, if they come out relatively unscathed, they might think, oh, thank goodness for that. Oh, yeah, maybe, I would yeah. I would think that that would certainly be me if I was like, if I was a football player and at the end of the day, like I retire and I have like money and I have my health. I'd be like, I, I you know what you'd be? You'd probably be like a field goal kicker because they don't right. get hit they don't get hit very often. In fact, if I was going to be like a professional NFL player, I'd want to be a mm-hmm. kicker because the chances of me getting hurt would be very small. All right, okay. So you're sort of hanging out at the back just waiting to do a big kick when needed. Yeah, and you get to, like you're not usually as big as all the other guys and stuff, but so what? You still get to like, you know, if your team wins, you're probably part of it, big part of it and you still get to have like the big Super Bowl ring, but you don't actually have to have people hitting you on a regular basis. Fair point. No, I, I can I can see the logic in that. I that's probably the position I want to take, even though I can't kick for toffee, but there you go. <laughs> my my <laughs> athletic prowess is uh lacking, shall we say. <laughs> but yeah, I I think that's kind of cool. Fascinating stuff. So I just wondering and then like is there anything else that you think kind of stands out to you about this particular sport or sort of, I don't know, you feel drawn to with it? I think, I think we have, I can't think of anything we haven't covered, to be honest, Mm. talking about the NFL. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, uh, you know, I liked, I like to watch, I like to watch games and people do think I'm weird because I, I like the NFL. It's very few musicians that I get to, I get to talk NFL with, but there are a few of my, of my musician pals who are big NFL people. And, we will actually text one and each other and one another um, and tease one each other, especially if their other team has a has a bad day. And right. I have to admit that is so much fun because my, when my worlds collide, yeah. there is nothing better than when my worlds collide. And I actually remember I was once playing a house concert 
and it was on Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. And and I we finished the concert and I was like, I just have to go to the washroom. And the game was on downstairs. And I went downstairs to just see what the score was. And I caught just in time to see like the winning play. Oh wow. And I and I'm like, wow. You know, like, cause it was such a cool play. And then the people upstairs were like, what's going on down there? And I'm like, have to run back up and pretend that I didn't just go and watch a, a football game after I had just performed this little house party. It was pretty funny. They're like, great. these worlds colliding at the same time. It's not supposed to happen this way. But then I think what's wrong with that? You know, I, well, I that, do agree. That was yeah. my feeling, you know, that yeah, was my yeah. feeling too. It's like, yeah, I, I'm a proud NFL fan and I, I don't care who knows it. No, no, that's totally fine. I mean, I think just because you're into one thing doesn't mean you should, shouldn't should be into another. And it's funny you mentioned it earlier, and it's something that I've stumbled across many times in my conversations with people on this podcast is people being a little gatekeeper at times, or, you know, like you said, putting it in a box and going like, well, that, that's that over there. And I, I think that's stupid. And it's like, well, have you actually taken the time to get to know what it's all about? And again, I've been guilty of this, hence this show existing. If just like going, actually, no, there's a lot more to it than you realize. And yeah, so what? If people enjoy it, fine. That's absolutely fine. You know, I I just feel like if nothing bad happens from like it's not a bad habit in terms of nothing nothing bad happens. And I've had friends of mine who don't really follow football and then they'll they'll watch a game with me and I'll explain the game as we're going along and then they'll end up actually liking watching the the game because they understand it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like jazz. <laughs> if you understand <laughs> what's going on, it's lovely. But if you have no clue as to what's going on, it can all just sound like noise. Right. That's... Now the now the jazz mm. people are going to send notes. <laughs> I love jazz music. I just want to go on record as saying that. <laughs> oh, like, likewise. Yeah, yeah. Even if I don't always understand it, but it's it's amazing. But yeah, that's cool. And to my point earlier about football, you know, I get, um, I, I, I do the same. If I'll sit down and watch a match, if I'm with somebody, like one of my best mates absolutely loves it. Many a time we've been sat in, in a pub and it's on and he's watching it and I'll just chime in and go, oh yeah, so, you know, what's this team or who's who's on this team at the minute or who's doing what or what's the league? Because there's nothing wrong with taking interest in, in other people's, it, you know, worldview, right? And and what they love is, it's cool. Even if, exactly. even if at the end of the day, if you walk away and I completely forget everything he said, it's, it's fine. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Well, listen, I've I've loved having this chat with you, Lynn. So I want to give you this chance to just basically tell the guests about yourself, what you do, and just any plugs or shout outs you want to give, just go for it. Well, I'm a songwriter. I'm based out of Ottawa, Canada. And uh I, I play a style of music that's typically referred to as Americana, which is uh, you know, it's like a cross between a bunch of different styles of folk and blues and country and bluegrass it's just all meshed into like a blender you turn it on high and uh have lyrics that are pretty you know pretty capital t truth and that's americana for you um i just put a new record out called ice cream in november in april of 22 and uh that's it i tour i actually tour in the united kingdom on a Mm. and usually on an annual basis i'm i'm hoping i might come back in the spring so you never know Awesome. Well, if you do, I'll be sure to come by and say hello. Right on. Absolutely. I'd love to do it. So what I'll do is uh, I'll grab a bunch of links as always, put it in the show notes for people to go and check out. Um, as I said to you before we started recording, I was listening to the, your latest album on the way home and absolutely loved it. And so, yeah, I'd recommend anyone, if you're listening, just go and check it on after this episode. 
Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, likewise, likewise. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time. And there we have it. Thank you so much to Lynn for coming onto the podcast and sharing your love of this truly wonderful sport. I had an absolute blast talking with Lynn and I hope you guys enjoyed that episode too. Make sure that you go and check out her album, Ice Cream in November, which is available on all platforms. And I've put links in the show notes where you can go and find that. It is a wonderful listen. I truly enjoyed listening to it a few times now. So I highly recommend it to you. And yeah, make sure you go and give her a follow and let her know what your favorite team is, any fond memories that you have of the sport. Even if it's about teams that she kind of threw a little bit of shade on earlier, I'm sure she'll enjoy that. And yeah, make sure you give me a follow too, because I would love to hear from you. I would love to know more about this sport. In fact, if you want to jump in and have a conversation with like-minded individuals, then I have just set up a Discord server, which you should go and check out. There will be an individual channel for this episode. So if you want to dive in there and share your love for the sport, perhaps talk about your favorite team or maybe some iconic moments from the history of the sport, anything like that would be more than welcome in that server. So make sure you go and check that out. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram or send me an email if you really enjoyed this episode. Any and all feedback you have to give is greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you want to support the podcast, there's just a couple of key ways to do it. The first and foremost is what you're doing right now, which is just listen. So if you're listening, thank you for doing that. Make sure that you subscribe, follow, whatever it is you have to do so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes that come out weekly. Also, you can leave a lovely five-star review or rating on your favorite podcatcher. If you do that, then please let me know because I love to give people a shout out for supporting the podcast in that way. And you can also support the podcast financially if you have the means to do so and you would like to do so. There are three key ways. You've got Coffee, which is a donation page. You've got Redbubble and TeePublic, which are both merchandise stores with frequent sales. So make sure you jump on there, grab yourself a nice bit of merch with the wonderful artwork designed by Alex. And I'll get a kickback from that, which will help support the ongoing costs of the podcast. Right, that just about does it for me. I'll be back next week with a brand new guest on a completely different topic. So make sure that you are subscribed for that so you don't miss out. And in the meantime, have a great week. Go and enjoy some football. Go and listen to Lynn Hansen's incredible music. And I will see you all back here next week for a brand new episode of the podcast. Take care.